What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another exciting episode of Bitcoin and Markets. My name is Ansel Linder, and today I'm going to go over this post that I wrote last week or yeah, last Friday as part of my free weekly newsletter over on BitcoinandMarkets.com. Uh, and then I expanded on it in a standalone pod, uh, standalone post on btcm.co. That's my other currency blog where Kent and I, Kent Polkinghorne and I, write about not only Bitcoin, but we write about uh, macroeconomics and geopolitics and everything under the sun. We do longer pieces, shorter pieces, kind of series sometimes on different things, as well as maybe just one-offs like post a chart and talk about that chart real quick and be done with it. So you can, guys can sign up over there on btcm.co for those news or those uh, emails when we post something that you'll get notified via email. Um, but to support this show, you can go to bitcoinandmarkets.com and sign up for the free weekly newsletter. You can also become a member and support me financially over there so I can produce more of this content more of FedWatch, more of the economics blog, more of all of this stuff. So I appreciate everybody that supports me over on BitcoinandMarkets.com. Let's dive into this. Okay, so fear hustlers and alarmist pimps. I don't know where I came up with that title. It just seemed to fit. But uh, um, the main concern here is I've noticed this from a lot of people out there that they're selling fear. Okay, uh, you might hear things like oil is going to $200, $300 a barrel. Life is going to end. You're going to be, food is going to disappear from the shelves for good. There's going to be hyperinflation. I mean, you could come up with all sorts of things. Um, and of course, those are catastrophist, uh, you know, predicting catastrophe and I'm not on that boat. It depends on where you are in the world. I think in, you know, poor parts, say, of China or poor parts of Europe or uh, poor parts of Africa, wherever, just poor parts of the world outside of the United States, I think you could really face some of those catastrophist type things. You know, the whole entire world has been boosted by this credit-based system built and enabled by the global hegemony of the U.S. and internationalization and international institutions. They set up this environment where everything was boosted up. And so in, when that crashes, of course, there's going to be these places that benefit the most under that system that are going to fall the furthest. And some people might say that's the U.S., but I actually say the U.S. was harmed by that system. We hollowed out our economy. Uh, we hollowed out our culture. Uh, we spent money uh, in expeditionary, uh, you know, excursions with, with the military. Our blood was shed over there, etc. And, you know, we're not going to do that anymore. So reshoring, reindustrializing, getting our culture in order, uh, things like that going forward in the future. So I think the U.S. is going to actually benefit from deglobalization, where the rest of the world is going to kind of hurt a little bit from deglobalization. Um, at least initially. Of course, some parts of the world will bounce back quickly. Anyway, long story short, I'm not a catastrophist. I think we're going to go back to some sort of sound backing to the world. And that's not what you get when you listen to certain pundits, even in the Bitcoin space, 
even in the sound money space, you hear fear-mongering about $200 barrel oil, about empty shelves, inflation, etc. Of course, all these people aren't ever right. I've been much more correct than they have been. But what I'm selling it doesn't sound as, you know, it's, it's not as clickbaity as what they're saying. So they might say, oh my God, $200 barrel oil. You need to get to this store now and get rice and beans, rice and beans. Get your bullets, get your bullion, blah, 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 blah. And I'm sitting here. Uh, no, we're just going to return to post GFC normal and going to grind lower with low growth, low inflation. No end in sight to this depression that we're in until we switch to Bitcoin. And that's going to take a while. So <laughs> which, which is going to get more clicks, get more popularity, even though they're consistently wrong. I mean, the, you know, that old saying that um, it's not different this time. Well, the world is still here. We've survived much worse things than what we have in the world today. Uh, we have the, the least amount of death, the least amount of poverty, the least amount of suffering in the world, the least, probably the least amount of slavery ever in the world, the least amount of all of these things. Uh, so it's been a lot worse. And if you think this is catastrophe, you know, just wait. It's, it's going to get worse, but it's not going to be catastrophic. We're going to return to a, hu a human norm in humanity. Anyways, um, so that was kind of the backdrop to this piece. I hope I didn't just spoil it all, but let's, let's read through this a little bit. Again, again you can find this on btcm.co. You go there and subscribe for the email versions, and let's go. Usually, it is the mainstream media selling doom and gloom. If it bleeds, it leads, as the old adage goes. But we're in a weird time. The last few months, I've noticed it is the alternative media, the ones we have grown to trust throughout the pandemic and election fortification controversies, who are now selling fear of an impending collapse of the economy, our society, and even Western civilization itself. So I listen to a lot of stuff out there, a lot of podcasts, a lot of, watch a lot of YouTube, um, mainly macroeconomic stuff and not all economics focused so it could be geopolitically focused right um but anyway they they all are kind of universally on this bandwagon of catastrophic failure of the west and i'm not on that bandwagon you know it's easy to sell catastrophe it's less easy to sell Depression. <laughs> Anyways, okay, let's continue. Beware the fear hustlers. It's hard to put into words exactly what fear hustling is. As, short, as a shorthand, people predicting something way out of the norm or historical trend is a good start. People calling for $200 oil comes to mind, as well as hyperinflation bugs for the last four decades. It sells books, gets clicks, and paid subscriptions. Fear hustling is what the climate alarmists do claiming we only have 12, no, eight, no, four years to save the planet. So vote for them. This is not to say that we aren't going through painful and scary times, but the market is resilient and there is a limit to how bad it can get. For things to get completely unhinged, all feedback mechanisms in the market would have to break. There is a reason oil cannot get to $200 a barrel because demand would drop so precipitously 
it would outrun any supply constraint and prices would soon return to a general trend. So that is the main argument here. These people that are catastrophists, alarmists, fear hustlers, they don't make an economic argument. They're making the same tired arguments that they've made for four decades, especially the gold bugs and stuff, the inflationists. They're making those same arguments and they haven't come true yet. They're, they're discounting all of the other economic nuance that there is in this story. So yeah, you can't get to $200 a barrel because market forces will stop it. I mean, you might be able to have a spike up to $200 a barrel because we had a spike down to zero, remember? But it, so we might be able to get a spike to 200, but even that's very unlikely, very unlikely. And if it did happen, it would be extremely brief. So it's not like we're going to go to $200 a barrel and stay there because it's economically not feasible to support $200 a barrel oil. Not just supply and demand of oil, but credit as well. So when credit uh, at $200 a barrel oil, people would spend more money on oil, right? More percentage of their income. And they couldn't spend it on other things. Their profits would also decline. Banks would pull back lending. You would have people starting to default, uh, you know, or, or having trouble with their debt burden. Their debt burden would increase as the price of oil increased. And that would cause deflationary pressure in the economy. So that's, these are economic arguments that people that are making these cat catastrophic predictions, they don't get. Okay? There's things in the market that naturally balance each other. That's why it's, <laughs> there is no such thing as market failure. Everything naturally balances, especially given a long enough time horizon. Um, anyway, okay, let's continue. Right now, we are transitioning away from a credit-based global system globalization, hegemonical imposed peace, I kind of made that word up, and strong international institutions. Globalism and decadence is giving way to more localism and sounder values, both morally and economically. The economy will shrink in certain respects and grow in others. It is not the end of Western civilization any more than the countless other times our world has embarked on a new era. We must keep our wits about us, so we can see the truth and come out as good or better on the other side. For example, the euro will likely break up in coming years, and recent readers, sorry, and current readers in Europe will be told it is the end of life as you know it. Evil far right-wing fascists want to kill the euro. That's why it's struggling, don't you know? In reality, the euro was doomed from inception. It was a fantasy of Marxist globalists in the first place. We will return to a sustainable mean, and that's without the euro. We will also be told, and I see this already everywhere, that Russia, China, and the BRICS will take over the world and be the next pluralist hegemony with all the corruption and authoritarianism that goes along with it. Let me tell you, that is so unlikely it is laughable. 
Russia is winning the war in Ukraine for sure, but it is doing so because Ukraine and Western Europe are so weak. Weak Western Europe is the status quo the globalists are making you fear losing. So, I hope that's clear. The worry that China and its totalitarianism, you know, its communism, is going to take over the global economy and be the next great hegemon, maybe in conjunction with Russia or other BRICs, that's the worry. But it's not, it's like there, the likelihood of it is so low to not even be worried about it. First off, Russia and China are traditional enemies. They fought wars less than a hundred years ago. You know, like this isn't, um, Russia was part of the century of humiliation that, uh, that China went through. There's, there's no way that long-term that they are friends. They're both land powers in Asia. They're not going to get along for very long. The reason why they can get along, the only reason, is because they're united against a common foe, which in this case is the United States. It has nothing to do with friendship between Russia and China. And the BRICS, I mean, emerging markets are going to be in trouble. So, so you talk about Russia, China, the BRICS being this hegemonic power. No way. No way. Not going to happen. They could be a regional power, which I do think China perhaps could become a regional power. Russia could be a regional power in Eastern Europe. Um, but they're not going to be hegemonic in any way, just regionally um, powerful. Plus, well, that, that kind of said it there. Continuing, life as you know it in Europe is as a weakling with elites using political tricks and bribery to get what they want, telling you what you can and cannot do, and sucking the periphery dry. A change will be for the better, although hard at the time. I can't leave the U.S. out of this. Life as you know it here is in... Sorry. Life as you know it here is ensuring order elsewhere, while letting our own house become a disaster. Americans are forced to sacrifice for the global order. Thankfully, that's ending. We are told that the progressive Marxists in the White House today, along with their crazy identity politics, will lead to civil war. Again, that's catastrophism, right? Again, very unlikely. But it's but it concerns us just enough to make us avoid confronting collectivism. First, the crazy Marxists don't have any guns. Second, they don't have any kids and immigrant voters are turning on them. And third, their crazy ideas are the ideas of spoiled brats. <laughs> They've never had to do an honest day's work and actually provide value to their fellow man. A civil war is expensive and spoiled brats hate that. I'm not sure where I'm going with this, other than to say I'm getting sick of the fear porn. I'm also not saying that everything is fine, and we are right on track with the inevitable march of progress toward a world absent of suffering. The world will deindustrialize a little bit. We will be less affluent, but more happy and healthy. Think of it like this. The world is like a 35-year-old man living in his parents' basement. 
He has a super easy life of video games, trolling on Twitter, mommy doing his laundry, not paying bills, having meals cooked for him, etc. Right now, he is being forced to grow up, get a job, and start a family. It's very painful and scary, but it's good for him. It's also good for the world to get back to sounder economics and values. Beware of people selling fear porn. Sorry. Beware of people selling fear and embrace the challenge of making a better world. When people say the mother of all crashes is coming, grocery store shelves will be empty and you'll need to prep for a breakdown in civilized society. After you give it a fair hearing, see it for what it is. Alarmism. They are trying to get you worked up so you part with your money or your freedom. The most likely scenario is that we maintain roughly the same standard of living, but return toward local norms. Life will get better because we won't be in a frenetic, leveraged, credit bubble clown world enabled by a unipolar political and military hegemony. After decades on the teat of easy credit and a secure and peaceful international order, the world has to grow up and make hard decisions. It is a return to a life as it was intended to be lived. I hope that makes sense. All right, guys. Thanks for joining me for that. Hope you enjoyed the read through. Again, check out btcm.co for for blog like this, as well as support me on bitcoinandmarkets.com. And we will see you on the next one.